Welcome to the Mind Your Body podcast. My name is Jenny Helms, and I'm an emotional eating coach and marriage and family therapist. I help people address the roots of their disordered eating and body image issues. I'm Lisa Perkins, owner of Primal Transformations. I'm a certified personal trainer and precision nutrition coach. I use a paleo framework to help clients transform their health, body, and life. The Mind Your Body podcast is all about empowering you to live your best life. We aim to grow a community of empowered women who are ready to transform their health and lives using a real approach that is all about getting back in touch with ourselves and not fueled by self-loathing. This journey requires a healthy dose of humor, perspective, and self-compassion. Our goal for this podcast is to help you achieve sustainable results that you get to keep. Please remember, the following podcast is not intended to be a substitute or implied to be medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult with your healthcare provider when making changes to your diet and lifestyle. Welcome to the show. This is a Mind Your Body podcast, episode number seven. What to do after you overeat or binge. How are you? I'm good. I'm I'm excited to talk about this. Good. Even though it seems like it'd be this really daunting topic. Yeah, it doesn't sound like the most fun topic (laughs) for sure. You are definitely an outlier. Yeah, but I think it's so important because, you know, I know we're going to kind of talk about these themes as we go into our, the actual podcast, but I think, you know, coming from my personal background, it just meant so much for me to hear a lot of what we're about to say. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think going back to, again, some of the real impetus for this podcast is that we are trying to normalize some of the stuff. I mean, we're just not alone. I think so many of us have felt so alone in these episodes, this is probably, I mean, you can speak to this better than I can, but just working with clients, I think this is a lot more common. And I know I always felt like I was, you know, really alone and the worst person ever for doing, you know, some of these eating behaviors and gosh, we need to know that we're not alone. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's huge. That is huge. Yeah. And, you know, and to know that there are there are ways to kind of get back on our own team. I know you Mm -hmm. you use that phrase a lot and I really like it because I think it is really getting back in touch with our healthy selves Mm -hmm. versus identifying with that part of us that's struggling with the overeating or the binging Mm -hmm. or whatever food behavior really, but feeling um, out of control is really, you know, I think one of the toughest parts about it. I know it was for me and yeah, yeah. Well, so. I mean, and as humans, we love, we love control, you know, and it's, yeah. but I mean, that feeling is like completely the other end of the mm-hmm. spectrum, like feeling yeah. completely like you have zero control over mm-hmm. things that you do have power and control over. Right. And right. so, and that's really, yeah, that's been, it's been a journey. Yeah. So I think, um, you know, just to set the stage for, you know, what we want to talk about today is. What happens after one of these episodes? Like, how can we avoid maybe making it worse and do a little bit of assessment, Mm -hmm. you know? But then we also want to go a step further today and talk about, you know, how can we stop the cycle of overeating and binging in our life and have a little bit more of a sense of empowerment? So that's going to be kind of the two parts of today. one of the things that I think it can be helpful when we're 
talking about loaded topics like this is to sort of prepare the soil of our own mind to receive some of this information. And I hope that our audience always knows that we are coming at things not from a place of we want you to feel like you have ironclad control or, you know, feel restricted, but we are trying to help you feel amazing Mm -hmm. in your own life, right? And so one of the themes that comes up over and over in my coaching practice is kind of helping people be receptive to trying new strategies from the perspective of understanding that maybe what you're doing right now isn't working for you as well as you would like Mm -hmm. and considering that starting to do some of this work and by work I mean develop some self-awareness right Mm -hmm. that doing some of this work is actually far easier than continuing to perpetuate the patterns that are happening right now right Right, right. so I think sometimes we are scared to look at some of these issues we kind of lock them in the shame lockbox and we don't want to we just hope it doesn't happen again And being willing to sit in the discomfort a little bit to receive this information from a really loving place, you know, so. And a a curious place, right? Yes, absolutely. When you were talking about that, I was thinking about, it just popped in my head, the Einstein quote of like Mm -hmm. the the definition of insanity Mm -hmm. is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Right. And we all get stuck in that trap. And mm-hmm. so what we're trying to do is say, okay, we just try something a little bit different, mm-hmm. you know, just experiment with it. Mm-hmm. And I know you're a big component of that yeah. part of it. Yeah, so. I really do. I, I think it is very empowering to view some of these things from the perspective of a scientist yep. to get curious and not, you know, and we'll go into this, but, you know, we just make so much meaning about things and add such basically layer upon layer of emotion and you know we're taking our history we're taking our stories about ourselves you know our identity and we're layering we're not just dealing with the matter at hand right Mm -hmm. and so again this is a gentle process and it's a practice of starting to maybe peel back those layers a little bit and we're going to talk concrete you know this all sounds airy fairy theoretical but you know, we're going to dig in and talk strategy here, but I just think it's important to maybe set aside some of the arguments that might crop up in your own mind as you're listening to this of, oh, that couldn't work for me and that sounds too hard. Maybe just set that aside for a second and just, you know, be willing to just let it kind of sink in a little bit and, you know, we all get to decide, right? Mm-hmm. We're not telling anyone what to do. We're offering some strategies. Jenny, you know, this is your profession, but it's also something that you have a lot of, you know, personal experience with. Mm -hmm. And for myself, some personal experience, you know, less so, but also, you know, a lot of these things are scenarios that I deal with on a daily basis, you know, with clients and some of these strategies that I think have been helpful and nurturing. Mm-hmm. to people, not just, oh gosh, I'm going to seize control. Mm-hmm. Right. So. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And I love that we both bring 
our perspectives to the table. Right. Like there's just so much that I'm excited to learn from you as well, like yeah. as we go through this. So um, so you've done it. You've binged or you've overeaten and you mm-hmm. just feel really awful mm-hmm. or you just feel guilty or shame. So how paint do a, we... Paint a picture for me of what one of those scenarios might look like. Um, okay. So you... Okay. One of the things that I hear often is, you know, people are following a certain regimen and then usually it's when they go out and do something with friends and then... There's all this food in front of them, and then they're just kind of indulging in it. And next thing you know, like, I've eaten all of the tortilla chips and the dip. Okay. And no one else has even. Like, I've just taken control of that bowl. Okay. And then I get another round. And Mm -hmm. then maybe I I order some more things that I'm like, well, I haven't had this in a while, so I'm going to have this. And And maybe I've already had this one thing, so might as well. So screw it. Right. We're going to do all the things. Yeah. And then, you know, I mean, and that would be more of an overeating situation. But then if it were to continue after that, you know, you go home and you're like, well, screw it. I'm off the wagon, right? Quote, Mm -hmm. unquote. And I'm just going to have, you know, I'm going to have this whole thing of Oreos that I stashed away in my cupboard. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to have this other thing. And you're just finding that, you know, Mm -hmm. you're just kind of in this weird out-of-body experience where you're eating all this food. And then it finally will hit you at some point that you just mm-hmm. ate it all. Mm-hmm. Maybe your body will finally say, okay, this I literally can't eat yeah. anymore. Um, and it starts to sink in. Mm-hmm. I, I would like to add just, you know, a personal, you know, experience. And again, this is something that I've done and that I've had clients do. So this is not necessarily the social scenario. This is more of a really a legit binge kind of thing. And what I've often seen, and again, done for myself, is that we're seeking out a variety of different types of food. You know, something that's crunchy, salty, something that's creamy and sweet, Mm -hmm. you know, different textures, flavors, that kind of thing. And you want to get all of those things and you want to go home and be by yourself. Yep. You know, it's literally this you know, coping thing. This is not something you're doing in front of friends. So obviously this is, you know, further down the spectrum, but I think some of the things we're going to talk about today can be helpful in this, across the spectrum. Yes. Is that fair? Yeah, it's absolutely fair. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, yeah. So like, I think it's, it's knowing that there's overeating and then there's binging mm-hmm. and kind of understanding where, you are in that and if mm-hmm. you are isolating that I would I would say that might actually be a good sign for you or cue for you that you may need even more kind of help or support mm-hmm. because the isolation is going to be an issue in and of itself right right so again so what, it's that that shame yeah situation. The shame yeah so what do we how do we avoid making it worse once we've done that yeah there so again kind of put yourself in that scenario you've done it you're, ugh, you know, mm-hmm. kind of waking up. You've been in this fugue state a little bit, disembodied. That's, I know that's what it felt like for me. It was like I wasn't even really with myself. I was numb yep. at that point. And at some level, I think sometimes that's what we're seeking is right. numb, right? right? Especially towards the binge end of the spectrum. So personally, I think that the first thing that we can do, again, 
to just mitigate the damage, you know, to ourselves emotionally is to try our best not to create drama around it, to view it as what it is. None of this is the end of the world, Mm -hmm. right? Right. That, I think, is the first thing we need to get clear on that, wow, well, that was something. Yes. But, you know... No, there was no crime against humanity committed here, right? Right. I, we were talking about this earlier. There was no car accident. Right. So we can right. kind of make it seem like it exactly. feels, it can feel it in our bodies like it literally is this huge, awful mm-hmm. thing that just happened. It can right. feel traumatic, I yes. guess, in a sense. Yes. And yeah. I, I absolutely have felt that. So it's literally, you know, you had mentioned maybe taking a shower or, you know, drinking a glass of water, getting out of that environment, whether it's just going outside, mm-hmm. you know, you're not going to the gym or something, obviously, no, something like that, but gym. literally <laughs> just, you know, getting out and taking some deep breaths and staying with yourself, mm-hmm. not going immediately to this means something about me as a person. I am disgusting. I mean, I know those were the thoughts that have gone through my mind that it literally was a shame cloak that I was wearing. And I think that we really dig a much deeper hole for ourselves when we start to make it mean something about what we are capable in the future of in the future, or this is what I always do. I will never, it's those always and never statements that come in that literally make this so much worse. Yep. And so if we can just gently say, ah, that happened, okay, I'm, I'm going to stay calm. I'm not going to make a huge meaning about this. When I'm capable, I'm going to start getting curious about what led to this. But for right now, you know, and I think, you know, you had some thoughts about maybe what to do next. But as far as the mental piece really not allowing the drama train to leave the station. Yep. And yeah, being very clear with yourself that, or like getting, I mean, maybe going into that curiosity stance, if you're really struggling not to be hard on yourself that, Mm -hmm. okay, let me just be curious about the thing I just did versus identifying with it completely. And if I, if I can, you know, write some stuff down, Mm -hmm. talk to somebody about it, you know, really just kind of get curious about it versus getting Do really you think hard that's ever possible it. in this moment though? It is, I mean, is I it? know it's been possible in my own okay. experience of it. Okay. It's not always, but I think okay. that's if you're especially if you're more on the overreading side than the benching, okay. typically you can kind of get into that. Um, and you know, again, you have to be really clear on where you're at on that right. spectrum. Now, if you are on the binging side and it's just like yuck and you're like screw that which I totally can relate Mm -hmm. to that piece too um I think one of the things that was really important in my journey and that I've seen in others journeys as well was really just making sure that you continue with your normal life after the fact like if you have plans after that Mm -hmm. don't cancel um if you have a meal after that, maybe eating something a little bit lighter, but smaller and, but don't like restrict and go, mm-hmm. you know, my, my issue is that I would try to kind of compensate for mm-hmm. it by, you know, mm-hmm. going the other direction. And right. I think a lot of people go into that. 
I'm this awful person and, and whether they go and binge more or mm-hmm. they go into like the, I'm going to punish myself by restricting oh, or by sleeping or by like just, you know, not just shutting down my, the rest of my day. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's, that I does think, more damage in the long run. I, I know for myself, sleep was definitely, and I think that there were some real neurotransmitter issues happening, which precipitated a lot of these things. I was trying to get serotonin and dopamine yep. to kind of calm anxiety, and yeah. it would calm me to the point where I would just go into this, you know, weird sleep. Yep. You know, it was really, really strange. I guess I feel like one of the tricky things about this, so I love what you're saying about Keep your commitments for the rest of the day. And one of the things that you had mentioned earlier was talk about that a little bit about how you used to feel like people could tell. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, we were, we kind of talk about what we talk about, you know, in our regular lives and that's how we talk about it here. So when when we're mentioning things, we're like, oh yeah, I had this, this great idea. And then we, yeah, I'll remind you. Thank you. (laughs) So what I, what you're here, what we're both here for. So Um, Yeah, so for in my own experience, um, I didn't necessarily always just binge, you know, at night. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it would start in the morning. And so I'd have other things, you know, I had planned in my day. Mm -hmm. And usually I'd have so much shame around that binge that I felt like if I were to go out in public and be with other people, Mm -hmm. that they would literally be able to like smell it or see it or right. just feel that I mm-hmm. had binged and would see me as the way that I saw myself at that right. moment. I saw myself as disgusting and gross and mm-hmm. and I'd be repelling to people. And so mm-hmm. in my head, I kind of made this story that, you know, it's better that I stay home and not engage in the rest of my day because mm-hmm. I don't want people to see how gross I am. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to repel people. Mm-hmm. But when I started to challenge myself in that and I would actually show up and still do what I had planned, Mm -hmm. I realized that I had made all of that up in my head. Like, no one could tell. No one treated me differently. No one was like, ew, who are you? Like, I don't know. I just, I had this story in my head that it was going to be something that would repel people, and it didn't. And Mm -hmm. that was so helpful for me to challenge that and show up and be like, okay, I'm still part of the human race even though I just did this thing that I feel really bad about. Right, right. So did you have anyone in your life at that point that you felt like you could open up to? I mean, and I'm not talking about two days later, but maybe that evening, somebody that you could call and share. I'm just wondering about how that might work. Yeah, the logistics of it. Um, I mean, I think I was lucky enough to have support in my own family and like mm-hmm. there are a few safe people that I had that I could just okay. kind of share that with okay um and know that they would be accepting of me but to be honest I didn't always tell them and right. I mean that was part of the the sickness sure. right that was part of what was keeping me sick and so I think you know you bringing that up is really important because having somebody to safe to mm-hmm. talk about and that's about the, the key with. word because safe. you certainly wouldn't want to share this with someone you know Who that been? you couldn't really trust and didn't have your back so yeah yeah, yeah. so so I yeah I think that that's an important piece I will say that you know as I mentioned to you, that I do have clients that have gone through these cycles that have felt safe reaching out to me and, mm-hmm. you know, telling me kind of what had happened and allowing me in enough that 
you know, maybe not that day, but in the in the days to come, that we're able to unpack it a little bit and reverse engineer. Like, let's go back to the couple hours before this. What was happening that perhaps triggered, you know, this event? And I think we'll we'll talk about that a little bit when we talk about how can we stop this cycle. But I do think that's a powerful piece only because the shame just causes us to bury this and not want to look at it so much more when the reality is, I don't know, you could tell me what the percentages are of women that have been somewhere on this spectrum Mm -hmm. in their life. I would guess it's a pretty high percentage. Well, we we know that like it's somewhere around 50% that people struggle with disordered eating. Like what would be ca- categorized I, as disordered? Does it sound low? Me. Well, I mean, I think that's at least what we know. That's okay. what people are telling sure. us, right? And that's sure. what people are, you know, to be fair, that what they're aware of. Okay. Because again, Good we don't point. talk about disordered eating like it's not a when I talk about it with people, some people are like, "Oh, I didn't realize that was disordered eating, you know, and I'm not here to be the police about that. But like, you know, we don't talk about it enough Mm -hmm. for people to even really consciously be aware. And I I don't think that's something, you know, I don't want to get too far off track. I don't think that's something that we've maybe necessarily defined here. You know, the difference between an actual diagnosable eating disorder and that disordered eating spectrum. Can you speak to that just briefly? Yeah, well, I would I would definitely always recommend going to the DSM five if you're thinking about actually diagnose. No, I'm serious. Course, right. I have right, to because right, right. it's you know ethically sure. that's what's sound. Um, but if I were to just give like a really general and you know again, I wouldn't say this is my like you know because I am a, in a therapy role, so I don't sure. want to like abuse my power. But I think the biggest thing you'd have to look at is how is this like how is this impacting my relationships. Mm-hmm. my daily life activities, like when it starts to become more and more of a pattern. Now we're talking disordered eating, right? Disordered eating, okay. yeah, of any sort, whether you're restricting and that's isolating you from people or you're binging and that's isolating you from people or mm-hmm. over-exercising or, you know, any of those things that mm-hmm. you're finding that you're actually like, it's taking you away from connecting with people. Okay, I like and that. And feeling definition. at peace with yourself. Okay, I, yeah. I that resonates for me because you know obviously I don't I'm not in the business of diagnosing anyone, but I would say that most women that I've worked with have been somewhere on the spectrum that they are trying to make a change and feeling it's just taking up way too much of the bandwidth in their brain. Mm-hmm. That's to me. We don't have peace with food. It doesn't feel intuitive how we're eating. And it's, it, we feel a little out of control and, or too restrictive. And, and yeah, it can be absolutely within that spectrum. So I think it's important to understand that just because you don't have an eating disorder doesn't mean you have a healthy relationship with food. Right. Right. And so right. that's what we are trying to offer tools and strategies to help you Create that in your own life, and it's not going to be a one and done. It's not going to be you listen to a podcast. I wish it were that. I that would wish be awesome. it were too. Wouldn't that be? Wouldn't that <laughs> be amazing? Be so, great, so, so again, you know, you alluded to talked about starting to get curious about you know what led to this. Mm-hmm. That is really a key piece, and I don't know for most people that that can happen in real time, you know, right after. Mm -hmm. But what I would 
urge people to consider is, again, not shunting it away, not burying it, and just hoping it won't happen again, but being willing to consider writing a few thoughts down and say, I had a really stressful day today. I, you know, this happened in my day. I just needed, I just felt like I needed something, Mm -hmm. you know, so I'm trying to medicate myself somehow. And I wasn't strategic enough really in that moment to figure out maybe a a more nourishing path Mm -hmm. to making myself feel better. I just needed to feel better, Mm -hmm. right? Because I think sometimes people are literally feeling like they're spending their day trying to hold, you know, a beach ball underwater, Yep. And that's what it. I think people feel like gets relieved sometimes in these overeating, binging periods. Is there just it feels like some relief in the moment. So, so you know, I think we want to talk about if we felt good about that, it would be one thing, right? Yeah. Be like, oh, well, that's another coping tool. Mm-hmm. But it's not. Mm-mm. It doesn't elevate our life. And so I think you know that's why we're here talking about it because if if that was a great coping strategy, then and be like, carry on. Right. Right? But it's it's not. And it's kind of the way that, you know, we end up – when people struggle with that, they tend to, like, not show up in their lives. And we kind of talked about that earlier. Like, it's – all of a sudden, if you're – like, I know in my own circumstance, like, it would be the excuse that I, I wrote everything off on, the, like, for the rest of my day. I didn't do anything else. Mm-hmm. And it definitely impacted my ability to show up. Right. And – yeah, it just wasn't. It's and you not feel a more distant from other people. You feel like yep. you're a unique weirdo. Yeah, you're you know? a unique brokenness, right? right. Exactly. Or however you want exactly. to define that. Yep. So, yep. So again, yeah. you know, just to recap, so trying not to add more emotion or drama mm-hmm. than the situation merits. Get some perspective. This, you know, everyone's still alive and kicking. Yep. You know, it's it's going to be okay, and. Don't let it mean something about you as a person. This is not about you. You know, yeah. it it is about you in that we want to help you, you know, feel like you're in the driver's seat. But again, starting to entertain the notion that food does not have more power over you, mm-hmm. you know, than you have. You have, you know, the ability to make choices, obviously. And that's not coming from a, you know restrictive place but you know I think that we sort of you know relinquish our power a little bit sometimes and starting to get curious and really key is making an effort to keep your commitments if it does happen yes and just to you know carry on like normal because things will become normal again Yes. Otherwise. So when I think of like, you know, the term grace kind of keeps popping Mm, up for me. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, we, like you said, we do this thing because we're trying to medicate for different reasons or trying to, you know, for relief. Mm -hmm. And it's like, and then we're hard on ourselves. Right. And it's like the thing we're needing the most is grace in that moment Mm -hmm. is being able to just be, be being kind to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's interesting. I just want to pause there for one second because I think that there's probably, I would guess people listening right now would think, if I have grace for myself in that moment, I'm just going to keep doing it. Oh, yeah. I have to punish myself. <laughs> Otherwise, I, but what's interesting is it, the exact opposite yeah. is the case. 
That's like the Einstein quote. You're doing the same thing over and over again, and it's not working. I mean, I've been there. I was really good at being hard on myself. Yeah. I was great. I was number one in my eyes. (laughs) Being judgmental and mean to ourselves, has that ever led to a good decision? Mm -mm. Right? It doesn't lead to empowered choices. So that's where I'm going to, you know, if you're thinking that in your mind listening to this, well, I can't be nice to myself afterwards because that will just enable you know, the pattern to continue, I, I'd like to, yeah, invite you that. to yeah, <laughs> revisit that one because it is, it sounds a little counterintuitive, you know? So, all right. So point. what, so that's kind of the, the first step. How can we avoid making it worse? So, so what comes next? So the next part is how can we stop the cycle of overeating and binging? Cause mm-hmm. I know that was, you know, when I, was in that, like, that was the next thing that I thought about was, okay, how do I keep this from happening again? Mm -hmm. And usually I would come at it from that approach of being super hard on myself Mm -hmm. and, you know, creating some new diet plan and, you know, new rules for myself Mm -hmm. and being really hard on myself. And that never, that never worked. That led to the next one. That's like taking another beach ball and trying to put it underwater. It's like, (laughs) now I've got two beach balls. Right, right. I mean, that one didn't work, but this next one, I know I can concentrate and hold this one under, under the water. So, so some of these, you know, are ones that, again, I'm using every day with my coaching clients. And so, you know, Jenny and I come at this, you know, she's the therapist and I'm coming at this from more of like the nuts and bolts, you know, in my coaching practice, these are things, you know, not as theoretical or high level, but these are kind of on the ground. She you know. keeps me grounded is what yeah. she's saying. Well, no, 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 I'm not. Cause <laughs> what you're offering is it's really important for the explanations, but you know, this is what I can bring to the table. And so I'll show you my bag of tricks. But, but so I guess the first one is that I am helping people, and this is not just after overeating or binging, but in throughout the coaching process, and this is something we can do for ourselves without a coach is to start connecting the dots between thinking, I just want to be able to eat whatever I want. And not have any restrictions on myself because that feels fun and connecting that with, does that make me feel my best? Mm -hmm. And does that allow me to show up in the world how I want to feel? You know, the example that I give, you know, a lot of people want to feel more confident. And again, that's not about your body composition. It's about you feeling like you are the, you know, in the driver's seat of your life, right? That's where confidence really comes from. And you know, starting to ask myself, well, does eating whatever I want at the buffet and maybe two or three plates of it, does that make me feel more confident or less confident? Mm-hmm. You know, and again, we have to kind of get clear about the words we use around how we want to show up in the world because then we can use those to frame those questions. You know, yeah. like maybe you want to feel empowered in your life. Does this make me feel empowered? And so really understanding, you know, Jenny, you and I always talk about how, you know, people will ask us, well, what foods do you miss that you don't eat anymore that maybe were, you know, considered junk food or something that we don't bring in as much anymore? And I am so far down this path of connecting the dots in my mind between certain foods, like a donut, for Mm -hmm. example, and how they make me feel 
that I they're too closely associated for me to parse them out and say, well, I miss apple fritters. You know, I can't help but think, but I sure don't miss how they made me feel because, you know, I'm super gluten sensitive and I know that now. And so I can't say I miss apple fritters because I, I know how good I can feel. But, you know, in the beginning, maybe we don't always know, mm-hmm. you know, how, how good we can feel. But I just want people to start connecting those dots that you can't separate out I just, I love being able to eat whatever I want, which is, you know, I don't want to ever feel restricted, but you also have to own, you know, even if you weren't overeating, but eating something, you know, whatever, a soda or something like that. Did you get a headache? Mm -hmm. Just start to connect the dots for yourself. And again, from a place of curiosity, not a judgment, literally no judgment here. Yeah. But start bringing those two together. So in your mind, when you start to think, I want to order the pizza, well, just take a second and play that out. Does this, will this make me feel good physically? Will I feel confident? Will I feel the way I want to feel? Mm-hmm. And again, that's, you get to decide. This isn't a, we're trying to make you, you Never know, eat anything that not. is on the you know, quote unquote, bad list or right. whatever. Yeah, right. that's not exactly. about that. But I think, I think you have such a good point of like, you know, being honest with yourself about what's going to happen after you eat this food or how are you going to feel? Mm-hmm. Or maybe what is this going to trigger for you? Because what I think about mm-hmm. is like the trigger foods, mm-hmm. um, which may not always be trigger foods for you forever. Like you may have that in another time, like once you're kind of, you've resolved some of the other stuff going sure. on. But in that moment, being honest, like, you know, for me, I had trigger foods. Mm-hmm. I had things that it was like, if I was going to eat this, I was likely going to binge. And yeah. so knowing that was really like, okay, I'm going to avoid that thing. Or if I'm going towards it, you know, take note of it. And mm-hmm. I think actually you could probably speak to this way better, but like if we're going towards like a specific food, mm-hmm. yeah, isn't that kind of related to maybe what we're needing, you know, in our neurochemicals and like that sort of thing. So like, and even taking a curious approach, like, okay, like for me, um, one of them was like Oreo ice cream when I used to Mm -hmm. be able to have gluten. Okay. Oh my gosh. I could go through so much of that. So Mm -hmm. like, you know, maybe one of the things I didn't realize at the time, because I didn't have the nutrition science back then. Mm -hmm. It was just me against my Mm -hmm. psychology. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I think having I, – I wish I had that extra layer at the time, mm-hmm. though, because I know there were so many ways that I was, like, working against my body physiologically. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I remember, you know, having to process things psychologically, and I did a lot of good work there. But then being like, but my body still feels bad. Right. You know, and so – and that's not to say, again, I totally can have ice cream that's gluten-free from time to time now, mm-hmm. and it's not an issue. Right. But, you know – Thinking back then, like, it was probably something I was seeking specifically Mm -hmm. because of that. I think what you're alluding to is what we're going to probably talk about in every podcast episode we do is starting to notice. Mm -hmm. Huh, that's interesting. I'm seeing a pattern develop. Yep. Right? This, you know, I look at this. It seems like every time I have Oreo ice cream, I find myself in a bag of Doritos and then, you know, on and on and on. You know, it just, it doesn't stop there. So, so yeah, we're just, let's start connecting the dots in our life. Okay. We cannot pretend that 
you know, okay, I'm going to go to the holiday party and eat everything here because I feel it's sort of that rebellious, you know, thought in our mind. Well, everybody else is doing it and I get to do it and life is short and whatever. Fine. Great. But you also in that same thought have to say, and I totally accept the consequences, Mm -hmm. right? Yep. And when we start to you know, build that awareness, I think that is where we gently start to shift our behavior, right? I, I don't think anyone would argue that if you're acknowledging that you're not going to feel good, that you're just going to, fine, I don't care. You know, I'm at the holiday party and I'm going to leave here bloated and vaguely nauseous and that's fine, you know? So kind of just starting to, to connect those dots. And This is, you know, again, that journaling word that so many of us, we hear that word and we're just like, ugh, I don't want to do that. And it's because we are so scared of looking at our feelings. Yeah. You know, we are, again, equating it with that sixth grade, you know, diary with the little lock and key. That's (laughs) what I always think of when I think, you know, of journaling. And I was so resistant to doing it for so long because I was like, I don't want to have to go back and read this for one thing. And so really what I do and, you know, what I often call it with clients is tracking Mm -hmm. because it's, I'm thinking of a scientist, you know, in a lab, he is making notes to make, you know, okay, if this, then that, huh, that's interesting, right? So it's not about, you know, your feelings about your, you know, college boyfriend or whatever, it isn't? Well, it can be. It might be. <laughs> it might be. But it doesn't have to be going to a place where we feel really raw and vulnerable. But it's literally assessing these patterns. And that's where... So don't call it journaling for yourself. Yeah. If that feels... If that feels... Ugh. Icky. Yeah. Which I always has to me a little bit. So, you know, call it tracking. And you're becoming the expert on you. Yep. Right? Becoming the scientist in your own life. And that's, that's pretty exciting. So... So I had a few more um, that are very strategic, and I'm going to go through these a little bit more quickly, um, unless you have something you want to add to that. The only thing I would add to yes. that is challenging people. Um, if you're not doing the journaling, if you find yourself, you're like, I do want to make these sure. changes, but I am just not doing that part, mm-hmm. um, seek a coach. This yeah. is when you'd seek a coach or a therapist, mm, yep. um, because that's going to help you start building mm-hmm. that momentum if you just find that you're not doing this on your own mm-hmm. over time yeah this is when you reach out right so. and and don't think that just because you hire a coach oh that means i have to change all the things i don't want to hire a coach cuz i'm not ready right. well understanding that if you're hiring a therapist or a coach that no we're they're just going to help shine a light mm-hmm. on what i'm doing now i don't have to do anything right Right. That's they're, they're, key. Yeah. And they're, I think, a good, you'll find a good coach or therapist, you know, especially you might have to interview a few different people over time to find a good fit. But like, that's so important. It is important because a lot of people oh have had goodness. so many bad experiences. Um, yeah, myself too. I mean, my, no, I was really blessed that when I was going through my biggest issues, I had mm-hmm. an amazing, amazing therapist. But before that, I thought, yeah, I thought they were. Not so great. Anyway, so okay, so we're gonna go through. So this let's quickly. let's kind of we're, <laughs> we're yeah we're getting sidetracked, so. which is always yeah. the case. So so again, these are a couple of kind of nuts and bolts strategies um, that have been helpful. So if you're in a 
that decision-making tree and you've decided, you know what, I am going to get something that, yeah, maybe it's not super nourishing. I don't care. I'm going to get something. Try to do your best to choose one thing rather than, you know, the multiples. Again, that I'm going to get something that's crunchy and salty, something that's sweet and creamy, something that's gooey and rich, Mm -hmm. you know, that kind of thing. What's happening is that when we choose all those things, we can eat so much more because we don't get palate fatigue or it's called sensory specific satiety. You you would be able to eat much less of just one of those things, right? Your mm. brain would get bored, essentially. Yeah. It really would. And so, you know, that's kind of this middle ground strategy that if you're not ready to let this go completely, try this. You know, again, we're trying to give you tools to help you feel more empowered. And this is kind of building a bridge towards that. A couple more, the idea of saying, you know what, just on this occasion, I am not going to go back for a second or third plate. You know, really bringing it back to this moment that just for today, just for this meal, just for this one time that I'm going past the grocery store or past the ice cream store, you know what? Just this time, mm-hmm. I'm going to keep on going. I am flooded with feelings right now. I really want to pull in there. I can't think it through, but I have this strategy. I don't have to think it through. No decision yeah. necessary. I'm just going to keep on going. Yeah. Or I'm going to just sit here and not get another plate load. Okay. Next one is really kind of trying to, if, if you've assessed a pattern that there are certain times of day that this is happening for you, uh, and this is this is an idea that I got from Elizabeth Benton from Primal Potential, so I want to give her credit for that. Um, her thought is to strategize self-care rituals around the times that these episodes might occur. So, you know, if you know that you've had a hard day and you're going to be heading home past your favorite pizza place and it's going to waft those smells out, you know, first of all, maybe you go a different direction, but maybe you call a friend and say, hey, I would love to you know, go for a walk with you or this evening I'm going to schedule a massage. I'm going to get in front of nourishing myself and providing some coping tools in a healthy way. So I think that's really powerful. And, you know, I just want to reiterate what you had said to consider finding someone to work with if this just all feels like a big morass Mm -hmm. that I don't know if I can unpack this or get on top of this, you know, that's where you might want to reach out and say, this feels embarrassing to talk about, but I think you and I are here to say that this is way more common than you have any idea about. Yes. So, And let us know, give us some feedback if you guys would ever want us to do a podcast on that maybe, like sure. what, what it looks like to find a good coach and therapist. Yep. Or maybe just some like ways of hacking that process since we've been on both ends of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. So I think if you guys are interested in that, let us know and yeah. we'd be happy to yep. help you with that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I this was this is a big topic and it's probably one that will, you know, keep coming back to it, you know, some level or other. But you know, the biggest piece is stay on your own team. Mm-hmm. Don't don't abandon yourself no matter what. You are worthy now. You are whether you just ate a you know half gallon of ice cream, yes. you are absolutely worthy and it is just a beautiful thing 
to start to rebuild that relationship with ourself. Yes. And it's never too late to do this. I don't care if you're 75 listening to this. It's yeah. not too late. And the and research so shows fixable. that. So and sorry I think, about that. You still yeah. can make those changes. Yeah. And I think, so. you know, Jenny and yeah. I are living proof of that. And so just huge hugs seriously yeah. to all of you out there who may have experienced this and felt ick about it. Yeah, yeah. we're all in this together. We're yeah. all in this journey. We're all figuring it out and we need each other. And so, you know, don't hesitate to reach out to one of us as well. You know, you know where to find us. We're yeah. Mind Your Body Podcast, send us a message. You know, you need support and or resources, you know, don't hesitate. Yep. We're we're here for you. Yep. And we we can uh, definitely empathetically understand 100%. this whole thing. So yeah. So take care of yourself and we'll we'll catch up with you guys next time. Take care.